Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Happy and healthy relationships provide us with the opportunity to grow and to thrive. When relationships are at their best, they provide us with a safe and nurturing space to be who we are and to practice living into the potential of who we can be. I think it's safe to say that most of us desire to have happy and healthy relationships in our lives, especially as it pertains to intimacy. Yet, many of us find that we're actually struggling in our relationships. For many reasons, we may find ourselves feeling unfulfilled, frustrated, or even experiencing a toxic union, and we really have a hard time understanding why. Carrie Davidson is back today for the second episode in a four-part series to help us understand the dynamics of relationships and some of that frustration. Today we'll be discussing how each of these archetypes shows up in relationship to one another, what common patterns are specific to each one, and which of these archetype combinations work best together. Having an understanding of ourselves and others on the level of personality provides us with a framework for creating more satisfying relationships. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Carrie Davidson discussing relationship patterns so that we can begin to set ourselves up for success in creating happy and healthy relationships in our lives. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Carrie Davidson is the founder and CEO of Turnisol, the holistic health think tank collaborative in New York City, which combines frontier science and proven wisdom, empowering people and organizations. And we are so excited to have Carrie back with us today again. Thank you for doing this series with us and for being a guest. Welcome. Thanks, Jen. I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, me too, because I remember last time not wanting to stop talking to you. I was I was taking notes, and I just felt like everything you were saying was such valuable information for our listeners, and so I'm really excited to continue this conversation about the um, five personality archetypes and how they play in our lives. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's really rich stuff, and I find that it's super helpful you know, when people are going through tough times and when they when they're doing great and want to even improve and do better. Exactly, exactly. So I thought even though we went through all the archetypes last time in such great detail and depth, I just thought we could still just start out with you giving a brief synopsis of each one just for anyone who hasn't heard that podcast yet or just needs a quick little refresher. Yeah, you got it. So these five elements, they come from Chinese medicine, and they are the five different ways that people interact with their world. And according to Chinese medicine philosophy, we each have all five in us, and we need all of these five in order to engage and to learn and to grow in in the world and within our relationships. But we all have one primary that is our kind of north star or a guiding force in our lives. So these five are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. So the wood person, the person whose primary 
energy is wood. They are brave leaders. They love challenges. They learn by doing. They love making mistakes. These are the guys who have a wall full of those, you know, trophies that represent all the failed businesses. Right. (laughs) They like moving fast. They like exercising. They like winning. They like being first. They love a challenge. They love a good debate. Okay. When you're stressed out, would people become easily frustrated or feeling angry? Okay. The fire person, they're highly intuitive. They they learn by feeling. They come into a room and they feel everybody's stuff. Mm. <laughs> they're really aware of everything that maybe happened five minutes ago. But they tend to be funny, sensitive, optimistic. They love to play. They love to inspire everybody around them to do better, to be better, to be creative. They, they're they glass half full. They wear their heart on their sleeve. Mm. They tend to become bored easily. They may have a mantra of, I'm bored, I'm bored. Right. <laughs> Those of you kids out there may have heard that once or twice. <laughs> I was going to say, I think every kid must have a little fire in them then. <laughs> yeah. They're yes. eternally bored. <laughs> yes. So when fire people become frustrated or they feel insecure, they easily go into anxiety, panic, big drama over little things, but they recover quickly. Okay. They don't like to stay in sad very long. Okay. Then we have earth people. People who are primarily earth are very generous and kind and considerate. They are peacemaker. They are caregivers. They have empathy. They know what you need and they want you to want them to give it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they like to be needed. They are the Mother Teresas of the world. They love relationships. They love communication and conversation. They love to share and live in harmony. They create unity. When they feel stress, they can become overwhelmed and worried. Sometimes it's hard for them to fall asleep because all of those overwhelming thoughts and worries are ruminating in their mind. They can't, you know, stop thinking about whether or not they they made everyone happy that day. Right. So then we have metal. Metal people, people who who are primarily metal, they create beauty and grace in the world. They are very precise and methodical. They notice details. They learn by practicing and and by patterns. Mm. They love making and following rules. They tend to be designers and architects. Under stress, a metal person can become rigid and judgmental and critical of themselves and others. They can tend to have um, very high standards for themselves and others. And under stress, it's really hard for them to move past those little details and see the bigger picture. Okay. So, um, So then we have water. People whose primary nature is water, they are deeply insightful. They are quiet and watchful. They are good listeners. They're amazing problem solvers. They don't get caught up in any, you know, a whole bunch of people's problems and drama and emotions and fears. And they just kind of, you know, they're observant and philosophical and poetic. They're writers and dreamers. Hmm. They love fantasy. You know, they like being alone. And when they get stressed, they over-isolate. 
So they don't want to talk about their problems. They want to be alone. They want to evaluate in their own mind and figure it out alone and then move on. So they have they run the risk of potentially going into feeling depressed because they they spend so much time isolated and alone. So those are the five. Okay. You know, I'm listening to this for the second time. And what I am loving and appreciating so much is just how this framework really gives us the opportunity to really honor each individual's unique way of being in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so beautiful to be able to look at people in this way and understand in this way. Yeah. Oh, so I'm fire. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember growing up, I was embarrassed about being so silly, but I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't not be the optimist. I couldn't not want to tell a joke, but you know, my fire wasn't always appreciated. Right, right. (laughs) So it made me really quiet my fire for years. Mm. And you're right. I mean, this, like, if you look at it from this perspective of like, oh my God, look at all these amazing gifts we have, you know, that to share and to enjoy from all these people who are in the world with us. It's like such a beautiful way to experience life. Yeah, you know, and that's so interesting because I'm Earth and same experience (laughs) as a child. The people around me couldn't understand why I just wanted peace and love and everyone to get along. And why is why are we not accepting and loving? Like they couldn't wrap their heads around that perspective. And Mm -hmm. same thing, I quieted that part of me because I, you know, got very overly sensitive about it. So really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we're talking about how each archetype, you know, has a different way of showing up and being in relationship. We're going to kind of take this from the individual perspective of what each one of these is and now move it into being in relationship with others. You know, I think let's just kind of go through and discuss, you know, what's unique to each archetype in relating to the people around them, their loved ones. Yeah, so so it's super interesting. We kind of touched on it a little bit with like, we know our stuff, right? Like, you know about peacemaking, and I know about telling a joke, sometimes. Right. And so, so, you know, the other types know, we just know our way of being in the world, our primary nature is what we just knee-jerk know how to do without anyone having ever had, you know, to tell us. Like, you came out of the womb knowing about peacemaking. Right. (laughs) Nobody else, none of the other five types is like that. And so in a relationship, right, these archetypes tend to show up if you haven't learned about empathy and self-awareness from some rubric or some methodology, you start to believe that, dude, what's wrong with everyone else? Why don't they know just to be happy all the time and not get into sad feelings? We don't have to talk about it. Or, you know, why doesn't everyone just move through it? Or why don't we all just sit and reflect, right? So we all get very deep into who we are when we're in a relationship. And we kind of expect everyone else 
to love or fight or bond the way we do. So it's it's quite interesting to watch. Yeah, I think that's huge. I wanted to stop you there because I think it's a big point. I think that sometimes, you know, subconsciously, we really do expect that others are the same as us. You know, yeah. if, if I'm a truth teller, well, then if I'm not really being conscious and present to the thought, I'm expecting everyone around me is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a huge point because I'm not sure everyone really kind of touches in on that. And when you do, it's like, wow, like everyone's not like me. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So showing up in a relationship, it's very interesting because I show up the way I think I show up from my perspective, but each of the other four types sees me a very different way. Mm. So when I go and I speak to a group like of uh, attorneys or accountants, I quiet my fire a lot because I know the group that I'm speaking to are mainly metal people. Um, It's probably some wood people, some but they don't appreciate jokes. They just, they learn by practice and precision and they want to know the right way. They don't care that I'm, that I'm connecting with them or that I want to be friends. Mm. <laughs> they, they want that just give me the facts and tell me how to implement it and how fast, how long it'll take. And so I need to honor that or else I'm going to show up to this relationship making them feel uncomfortable. So like the keys here are first to understand your your gifts to the world, but also understand what they start to look like when they kind of start to make other people feel uncomfortable. And also to understand what the people around you need in order to feel safe. So for example, so fire people, right? Fire people show up as joy, right? Fun. They want to have, they want to work on feelings and intuition, Mm -hmm. right? They, fire people fall in love really fast and hot and romantic. Mm -hmm. And they love the excitement. They love attention. They love walking into a loud party or a bar and everyone's eyes look, you know, turn to them. They get bored quickly, right? Like I was saying, they can get bored in a relationship. Right. And so they get all excited. And like, imagine getting an an earth person really excited. Oh my gosh, he paid me so much attention. He must love me. He must, you know, and earth people love unity and community and bonding. And Mm -hmm. so they take that fiery connection as a promise. So fire people can get overly excited before before anything has really had the time to form and to build trust. Okay. So yeah, so but on the good side though, <laughs> there is a good side. <laughs> I'm like I feel bad I'm knocking fire people. At least I'm fire. <laughs> but on the good side Fire is the one who's going to make you know, you know, feel like things aren't that bad. Right. It's not going to be bad forever. This is just temporary. We can get through this together. You know, they inspire you to be a better human. You know, they they make everyone feel welcome in your house. They make everyone have a good time when you're having a party. Right. They. Mm -hmm. They love the excitement. They bring excitement to every moment. Right. That's kind of a a basic fire in a relationship. 
But like, so if a fire, so I know you like referenced the fire and the way they are in a relationship and then, you know, how that would come across to an earth, that's going to be different than how it's going to come across, let's say, to a water, right? Or a a metal person, right? So there's so many, like, so for example, you know, a metal person thinks fire is way too silly, which is why I could not be too fiery when I'm teaching a group of accountants. Right. Okay. They won't take me seriously. They're like, what does she have to offer? She's not serious. Right. (laughs) And water thinks, you know, fire could be too gullible. Hmm. You know, we believe everything. We don't take the time to sit and evaluate. Right. Water is all about asking good questions and being skeptical. Okay. You know, and, and wood thinks we're just too flighty sometimes. Right. Like we just kind of like move ahead. It's enough. Stop being so silly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. So that's fire. Yeah. So you want to go to earth? Yeah. Let's go to earth. Because then we can bag on earth since I'm earth. (laughs) Oh, man. So earth. Earth energy in a relationship is collaborative and empathetic and caring, and they they want to create togetherness and unity. They want everyone to do group activities, and they want to invite everyone to their house for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, they love to cook for everyone. They love to, to know what everyone needs and meet everyone's needs. In a relationship, sometimes uh, Earth can become too addicted to the relationship and too over-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that when things go bad and things need to be evaluated or conflict arises, Earth just wants to avoid conflict and keep pleasing you and keep taking care of your needs. And that's not always, you know, the most healthy thing for a relationship. They kind of they start they can they have the the capacity to get stuck. Right. So they're the opposite of wood. That's like constantly moving through something. Mm -hmm. They just, they, they just, yeah, become inert. They can't make a decision because they're so worried about making you happy. Right. And when they realize they can't always make you happy, they just don't know what to do with themselves. That's interesting. So as you're saying this, so then I'm thinking the narcissist, sort of empath dynamic, right? That seems to sort of fit together like this two little perfect pieces of a puzzle. Yeah. Is that an earth and a fire? Um, well, it's more earth wood. Ah, okay. Earth fire is more like <laughs> what I was mentioning before, where like fiery people are just out for a good, you know, a good yeah. night. Of- and earth thinks it's going to be the forever relationship. Right. <laughs> It's almost like earth gets scorched by fire. Right. So, but those, for anyone listening who sort of is um, going through and experiencing any sort of, you know, narcissistic uh, dynamic or person in their relationship, quite possibly they're an earth. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've had some clients where there is that wood earth combination and where earth gets kind of like trampled over because they just, they feel like it's bad to have needs. Right. Right. Like they don't, they can't have any needs. It's not nice. Mm -hmm. 
So if they stand up for themselves, they are, in essence, going totally against their nature, which is all about taking care of everyone else. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's this really difficult challenge where, you know, they crave and they create such beautiful unity and they take care of everyone around them. Why would anyone ever want to want to leave or or be mean? Right, right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so who's who are we going to next? <laughs> so next we have uh, metal. So in a relationship, you know, metal people are orderly, consistent. They create rhythm and organization. They're all about the design and logic. Um, and kind of like pointing out how we're different and how cool that is and also practical Mm. and they're about the sacred, you know, like let's go, let's go to synagogue or church every week, you know, um, they're about grace in a relationship. They, they like everything to be organized well and done right. They want their wedding to be perfect. (laughs) Right, right. They want you to show up on time and they want you to be chivalrous. They they believe in the rules, right? Weren't there like the dating rules books? On, right. Yes. Right? I remember, but I know like after I got divorced, I think I, I should have bought stock in like every dating rule book. Right. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, they, they like the rules. I bought the books cause I thought I needed the rules, but then like, pff, I don't think I ever followed one, but that's fire for you. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they like things to be, you know, their houses are really neat and organized. Um, they, sh- they, they're put together really well. They like everything to be, um, you know, there are certain standards in a relationship and um and they hold you and themselves to those standards you know a fire person can think um can think that oh that's just not fun uh-huh oh it's just too rulesy you know and a, a wood person can think it's way too confining because wood likes their freedom and um and to have to show up for dinner at 6 or else I'm out of your life right you know so in stress what happens with a metal person is they get too stuck on the rules of the relationship that they can't see. It's almost like they'd rather be right than be married. Mm. That's kind of what happens with metal people. It's okay. like, you know, in an argument, they need to win. But again, this is just stressed metal. Right. You know, in, in their strength, they bring quite like beauty and they elevate you know, the relationship to something much more valuable. And um, they create um, customs um, and uh, and they just make a beautiful home, you know, um, and they're very respectful of you and and everyone else in the, in the house and right. they demand respect. So, yeah, so that's metal. Okay. And then we've got wood. Well, next is water. Water. So water people in a relationship, they take things slowly. So if fire jumps right in for one night stand, which I never did ever, (laughs) um, (laughs) water, 
water is like perfectly slow. Let's get to know her. Um, they're kind of mysterious. It's like the guy in the movies that, that, you know, hides in the back and he's wearing a black t-shirt and he's got his hair greased back and a pack of cigarettes rolled up and like the James Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Kind of mysterious. They like to be alone. They don't go to the parties. They're these, you know, idealistic dreamers. They like peaceful relationships. They like to spend the evenings at home with you, not go out and over-socialize. They're mm-hmm. just not into that. They want to know that they really mean something to you. They want to know that you love them, but they want to know why. You know, fire is just like, oh, I love you, because mm-hmm. they feel it. And water is like... Well, give me 10 reasons why. Right. <laughs> yeah, so water in a relationship when they become stressed is frustrating because, you know, they can disappear and not necessarily like physically disappear, but like into their minds. They'll stop right. talking. They don't find the value in communicating. So they're kind of the opposite of Earth in that way where Earth, like, when you, you want to talk it out, you probably want to call all 10 of your friends and get their opinions and talk it out and, you know, like explore and have a conversation about it. Right. Water, like, just wants to think about it. They, they love thinking. If someone doesn't understand they're in a relationship with a water person and they all of a sudden get ghosted or something, you know, they could take it the wrong way. And instead of thinking, oh, my water, my water partner is just um, needing, not feeling safe right now. I need some alone time. Mm-hmm. They could take it personally and think, oh, my God, that's it. They don't love me anymore. Right. You know, so that's kind of how how water can show up in a relationship. Okay. And um, so wood in a relationship, you know, wood likes their space, likes their freedom. They like adventure. They will call you at four o'clock on Friday at the office and say, I'll be there in 15 minutes. We're going to JFK. (laughs) We're going to hop a plane and I'm not telling you where. (laughs) Constant adventure. (laughs) Yes, they will be the first one to bungee jump, you know, the first one to do anything daring. Um, They like to win, and they sometimes like to win you, right? So they can become, um, like, they'll try, they're like the peacock with all the feathers. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Awesome, you want to be with me, you know. Under stress, they may feel that a relationship is too confining, So they will like struggle to make their own space and their own time and have time to go out with their friends and buddies and not feel confined to the rules that you set, um, you know, for the relationship. So like in metal, they can be frustrated if their metal spouse is like, honey, you know, I told you that dinner started at 603. Right. 604. Right. And that's an example of both of them in stressed mindset. I just want to like reiterate that all of these like less desirable qualities are not people in their strength that we all kind of you know have the ability to express these stress states when we're not having our needs met when we feel like crap when we aren't getting good sleep or eating good food or exercising or having any fun or pausing to take a breath once in a while Mm -hmm. so um so these are just like 
states to recognize, like if you see yourself really caring about boundaries and rules, it's an opportunity to take a break, take a, take a breath, take a walk and look inside and see, all right, what do I need that I'm not getting? It's not an opportunity to say, all right, I'm with a metal person. She's a jerk. I'm out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk really about which archetypes work best together so that that kind of like, we can kind of give that idea and what we can really do to help one another thrive. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with Carrie Davidson. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back with Carrie Davidson and we're talking about the five personality archetypes in creating healthy relationships with one another. And we have been talking about how each archetype shows up when they're in relationship, um, how they relate to others. And what we're going to talk about now really is which work best together and how, when in relationship, each can help one another to thrive and be their best self. I love that. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Take it away. (laughs) Okay. So basically, on a on a really heroic grand scale, the truth is any combination can work. Okay. But you need certain things in order for it to be heroic, right? So number one, you you need to empower yourself. We like the I don't know me the human who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, we need to do the work on ourselves. And I mean, you, this is like consistent throughout psychotherapy and like, you know, all these self-help modalities. It's all about like, well, am I ready to be in a relationship? Right. So specifically through the five elements methodology, how do you prepare yourself? Number one is self-awareness, self-consciousness, recognizing when you're in your strength states, when you're able to give your best Mm -hmm. and recognizing when you're in your stress states, you know, when, when you're not at your best and knowing that when you're not at your best, it's not a time to fall in love. It's not a time to problem solve. It's not a time, you know, to, um, to go in and figure out who did what wrong. It's just, it's not, it's a time to, um, self, reflect and then also to um to self-regulate to know what you need to bring yourself back to your strong state so you can be in a position to fall in love right the the last thing you need in order to to be in a healthy relationship is empathy and specifically empathy to understand um, and to appreciate the other four types so to understand that 
you know, um, if Bob is wood and he's in a cranky state, you know, he's also just trying to get us to a better place. And if I can recognize that, I can pause. I don't need to react. Right. And mm-hmm. we can work through this together in a better way. So as far as like pairing up, there are certainly ones that um, that support each other more and some that challenge each other more. So, for example, so for fire, wood and earth are very supportive. These are nurturing forces. They Mm. feel good together. They don't rub each other the wrong way as soon as you walk in a room. (laughs) Right. Some do. Um, With earth, fire and metal are, are nurturing. And with metal, earth and water are nurturing. And with water, metal and wood are nurturing. And with wood, water and fire are nurturing. So the ones that are, you know, that are near you in this cycle. So the cycle goes fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. So the ones that are next to you that hold to the left and right are the ones that are more nurturing. I see. And then when we were discussing last time when you came on, when we were discussing what needs to be balanced, kind of like the two legs and for each one, are those the same? Well, right. So those so those are your those are kind of your arms. Your fire and your metal are your arms. Those are how you relate to the world. Those are your relationships a little bit. I see. Your feet, the ones that keep you grounded, are the ones that are most difficult um, and most challenging in your life. So your two challenging forces are going to be water and wood. I see. And so why that is, and not that it can't work, but why it's a challenge for you. And a lot of times opposites do attract and we do attract the things we need to help us stay grounded and grow. Um, So for earth, you know, you crave communication and, um, and relationships and unity. Water craves being alone. Mm Mm-hmm. So that just basic nature is a little bit tough for you. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And then wood for you, wood people are individualistic, brave leaders. They kind of, they don't want to have to be um, held back by the group. You know, they want to be the leader. They want to get every, everyone follow me kind of right. thing. And so that's a very different um, mentality than this earth, like, let's wait for everyone to be ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, so that's why sometimes those can be, those, those energies can kind of rub each other the wrong way. Again, when you both see each other for the beauty you bring to the world and you're both self aware of your own stress states, you can do a really good job at being an amazing couple. Right. Um, but you have to be strong. And you have to have like a lot of self-awareness and self-regulation skills and empathy. The other um, challengers for fire, it's water and metal, right? Fire likes fun. Metal likes rules. And metal is like, it's 10 o'clock lights out. And fire's like, dude, you know, we haven't even gone out to party yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> and water, water is very easy, you know, ignoring people and just being on their own. And fire hates being ignored. It's horrible. It hurts their heart. Mm. Um, metal people um, are similarly frustrated by fire. So that's that metal fire. Yeah. Um, 
frustrated by wood, by wood people who try to plow through and plow forward and, and do something quickly without paying attention to the details. They like they see they see wood people as bull in a china shop, which right. is like the worst thing possible for a metal person. Wood people are frustrated also by metal and by earth, and water people are frustrated by earth and fire. Um, water kind of like is the loner, is the isolator, while fire and earth types are very much into relationships and bonding, mm-hmm. and so that just makes them feel uncomfortable. You know, um, water probably wouldn't even show up to the party. (laughs) Right. Right. What about like a water and a water or a metal and a metal? Yeah. So, so we tend to like really identify with other people who are like us, Ah. but it can almost be overkill sometimes. Right. So like too much fire in a room. I mean, you're probably both going to get sick of each other kind of fast. Mm-hmm. Um, two wood people have the potential to compete against each other um, instead of fighting for the same goals. So if they know, again, like if these people are all super self-aware, they will fight for each other and, and you know, want to win the same things as a team instead of being com- competitive with one another. Right. Earth people can get too stuck in not doing anything. Like they, Earth people have ideas, but sometimes don't have the drive to implement their ideas. Mm-hmm. So whereas like wood people will pick you up at four o'clock and take you to the airport, Earth people would say, gosh, wouldn't it be nice if one day <laughs> <laughs> and two of them on the couch would be talking about that for 30 years. Right. I see. You know, metal people, two metal people together together. You know, they could get over strict with one another and over judgmental and critical of each other and not have room for fun and flexibility. Mm -hmm. And two water people could have like a lovely time, you know, exploring the inner workings of their mind and the universe, but they could potentially over isolate from the rest of the world. Right. And neither one of them would have the initiative to pick up and say, let's go socialize, dudes. <laughs> right, right, right. It'd be a very, it could be very isolating and lonely in their stress states. It could potentially get there, yeah. <laughs> right, got it. Okay. Yeah, because it's interesting to really think about, you know, when you think, you know, of course, oh, if I'm an earth person, I must really feel like earth people are my, my people, right? And, yeah. and, and feel initially attracted to that. But uh, yeah, just it being too much of the same. Yeah, but you might find like, when I think back to my long term friendships, and like my childhood friendships, you know, the ones that were easier and lovelier, and stuck really well, were the ones with my fire friends. You know, it's yeah. not, it may not be every, everyone, but you're, you're more likely to be friends with people who are your nature or your nurturers. So for you, it would be like fire and metal. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. All my best friends are earth for sure. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it right? It's interesting. But if you think about it, could you marry an earth person? I mean, you have to, that's like, you know, everyone's going to have, be in a different space with that. But right. I know personally, all, I love my fire friends, 
I don't know if I could handle it 24-7, you know? Right, right. Yeah. You know, this just gives everyone listening just a new way to really look at the relationships you have in your life, the relationships that you've had, if you've gone through a divorce, if you're in the middle of a you know any sort of divorce, um, court battle, or you know anything happening, and dating, you know, just a different perspective of how to not only look at yourself, but the person that's across from you and how you're relating to one another. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and possibly there can be some shift here because of that, you know, because of just really understanding this. Yeah, I know that when I look back. I feel like there were certainly places where this information would have made such a difference, such a difference because I reacted, right? My fire reacted to metal rules and my fire reacted to being ignored. Or or at least that was my perspective as a, a fire person who wasn't feeling secure and safe. Right. And so the truth is there's beauty and importance and grace in those rules. And those rules are super important so that we all live a consistent life that we know what to expect. Mm-hmm. It can't always just be goofy and fun. Right. Right. And for and for the person who ignores, you know, ignores the fire person, well, maybe I was talking too much. <laughs> you know? Right. Or maybe it was a, it was like their polite way of saying, let's let's pause here for a minute. You know, maybe I was too overbearing in my excited happiness. And now at least I have more understanding about how I come across and what I contribute to either a beautiful experience or a conflict. And I can see others as the same. Yeah, and you know what I love about this is it really shifts the way you're being introspective. I think sometimes we get really caught up in being introspective and then beating ourselves up about it. Like, oh, what's wrong? Either, you know, what's wrong with me or why do I behave this way? Kind of making it like, you know, there's some sort of, you know, something bad about us. Mm -hmm. And then also that reactive, well, I shouldn't have to change, right? I shouldn't have to be someone different, you know, for somebody else. It's kind of removes all of that, sort of ego around it and puts it in this perspective of, you know, this is really just the way that we are sort of created and came in and are and interact with one another. And it's, it's not of it's not fault or blame or, or anything like that, if that makes sense. Totally does. So I had a client once who said to me, well, you're telling me I have to change. I can't be who I am. Right. And I said, well, no, not at all. I'm saying like, recognize what your strengths are. Like, what do you look like when you, what do you give to the world and to a relationship when you feel secure and you feeling secure is also, you know, taking into account the needs of the people around you. Now that's heroic, right? I don't have to be the total class clown. I can still be optimistic, right? Right. And I can, when I'm optimistic, I can gently take care of my own needs and everyone else in the room. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that this math, this way of, of understanding things is really, it empowers people in that way. So 
I love this. Again, I never ever want to stop talking to you, but I think our our time is um, come to end. Is there anything else that you want to share that we might have missed or? Oh my gosh, Jen, it's endless. I know. I think you'd kill me, so I'm going to (laughs) stop. Well, the good news is you'll be back. So, So, okay, well, thank you again for being here, for sharing this with us. I think that our listeners for sure can take so much of this. I I almost feel like listen to this a few times and take notes. I have, um, and it's really helped me to relate with the people around me, my friends, as I'm dating, all of it, just with a different, a different perspective, a different understanding. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll be back. We'll see everybody soon. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcast at worthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.